We're about to jump into today's teaching, and today's teaching is a little different. Um, we're continuing in our series, Habits to Live by Old Way versus New Way. And you know what? Since I'm such a team player over here in Saskatchewan, okay, I know that I'm wearing a hat that might be offending a few people in this room tonight, right? The wound might be a little fresh from last night, so I'm going to take it off, okay? All right, you guys, you guys see this? I'm going to take it off. And I'm going to meet you as close as I can meet you, okay? With, with local teams, okay? All right? Saskatoon Blades, all right? I'll meet you there, okay? I am a Blades fan. So Blades it is just for this talk so that you will listen and uh, not be turned off by the hat that I'm wearing. But tonight's talk is going to be less a sermon and more just some thoughts about the Word of God, as you can tell by some of the books we have up here some thoughts about Bible study, some thoughts about how we can engage God more through his word. Um, we're going to look at some ways that you could actually practically do that. And the list that I give us tonight, I just want to say right now, is not exhaustive by any means. Maybe the way that you study scripture, I'm not going to talk about tonight. And if I don't, you know what I encourage you to do? Keep studying scripture the way you study scripture, right? Because we need to be in his word. We need to uh, soak and just build our life upon the foundation of God's word. And so we're going to talk about the scriptures tonight. And we're going to talk about some practical ways in which we can just put these into play. So it's going to feel a little different than a traditional sermon, but we're going to look at the word here right away. And so I think for many, a big struggle is always that you want to study the Bible. But some people ask me the question, I don't know where to start. Or I don't know how to study the Bible. And that's a real thing. For some of us, we just don't know where to start, right? It's a big book. There's a lot of books, a lot of pages. It can be intimidating to open for the first time. And, uh, you know, tonight I hope to just bring us some ideas, some practical tools in which we could maybe put the, or, or, sorry, begin to study the scriptures and begin to study the Bible for ourselves. The reason why Pastor John had put this message here in this part of the series is because everything that we talked about so far, rest, the Holy Spirit, and we talked about our words, and last week we talked about right thinking. It all hinges upon what the scriptures say and what the Bible instructs us to do. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit this evening. And uh, when it comes to scripture, I think the first thing we need to address is our attitude towards the, the Bible. And it's so important. It's so important what our attitude towards the text is. And the reason why I say that is because a former youth speaker I once heard uh, talk about this all the time once said that we don't read the Bible to finish, but we read it to change us, right? We don't read the Bible simply to finish it, but we read it so that it changes our lives and so that it brings us closer to God. You see, when I was a youth pastor probably about 10 years ago, I had a student, and he actually came from like a, a ministry home, and so this was interesting. And I remember uh, talking to him one day. I'm not going to say names here, okay? But I remember talking to him, and I remember saying to him, so where are you at lately in your devotions? Uh, where are you reading in Scripture? Where are you reading in the Bible? And he looked at me, as serious as he can be, and said, I already read it. And I was like, well, hold on. That doesn't make sense. Hold on, hold on, hold on, right? So I said, so, so where are you reading now? Since you read it all, where do you find yourself? He went, oh, I read it already. I'm reading sci-fi, I'm into this now, I'm into this now, I'm into this now. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, this just doesn't make sense necessarily, right? We don't read the Bible just to finish it and say that we read it, amen? But we read it because it has the power to change us. It has the power to bring us closer to God. It teaches us the ways of God. 
It brings us closer to him. It makes us more like him. And so if you approach the Bible as something that you just need to read to put some time in, then that's likely the return you're going to get from it. Although I think God's still going to give you more. If you approach the Bible as a history book or as literature, then it's not going to have the necessary and needed change that God wants to have in your life. But when we approach Scripture, we need to believe that it is indeed the Word of God and that it indeed has power to change us. It has power to, 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 to make us more like Him. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, it says this, We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so here in the epistle that Peter is writing to the church, he talks about prophets, that the message given from the prophets as something that's completely reliable, without fault that it can and should be trusted, that the origin of Scripture is God. And he's referring to the writings and the prophets here. And he's talking about how it is from the divine and not from humans. You see, when God tells us something in Scripture, he's telling us something about who he is and what he values and what he thinks is important and what he desires to do in the world and what he is doing in the world. And so we need to have a healthy respect and love for Scripture. You see, there was no origin in human will. Although God used humans to write the message down for us, the message is always from God alone. And it can be trusted, and He can be trusted. Amen? And at the Neighborhood Church, we accept the Bible's authority for the foundation of what we believe. And our goal is to make it our aim to absorb its truth. And not only do we learn the truth of God from Scripture, but as I mentioned at the beginning, the Scriptures also have the power to transform our lives. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says it like this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, the Bible is the sole objective source of all God has given us about himself and his plan for humanity. God's word is without fault. It's reliable. It's sufficient to change us. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It, it literally judges the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. You see, when I read Scripture, not only am I understanding God's will, not only am I hearing what God wants to say to me, but the Scripture is speaking to me. And I'm judge it's judging my heart. It's judging my thoughts. Where am I on this? Where can I maybe start implementing this? Maybe where can I start doing this, right? The Word of God, as the Scripture says, is living and active. And when we read Scripture, we learn about Him, but it also judges the thoughts and attitudes of our lives. And so it's, it reveals really our need for Him. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, the point of Scripture is to equip those who follow Jesus. The Scriptures, they, 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 they teach us, right? The Scriptures, sometimes they rebuke us. <laughs> How many of you like to be rebuked, okay? Don't raise your hands, okay? But they do, okay? They correct us. They give us correction. When we miss the mark, the Scriptures bring us back to where God wants us to be, right? And they train us in righteousness, in His righteous ways, so that we may be equipped to live for him and for every good work that he has for us. And so we, we trust the text. We don't get selective about it. And we don't decide, well, you know, I like this part, this part. I really like this part, but this part over here doesn't sit so well with me. But we love the whole collection of scripture. Amen? All of it. And we apply its principles. In this way, we submit to his ways and not our own ways, okay? And so the, our attitude, our view of Scripture is so important to how we live for God. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus was being tempted in the desert here um, for 40 days. And in one of the temptations, he answered like this. He, wrote, he answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, every word that comes from the mouth of God, not just some words, not just the ones that make us feel good, not just the ones that we like, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jim Baker was a televangelist who um, had a falling out there and ended up in jail there in the, I believe it was the 80s, could be the 90s, correct me, I, I, I wanna, sometime around that. Anyways, the point of the story is, is he found himself one time in his prison cell reading through the Bible. And he came to this verse, and it stood out to him that day like it never did before, he talked about in his autobiography that he wrote after he was released. His book was called I Was Wrong. And he talked about how he'd become selective about the scriptures and how he'd literally just chosen the ones he wanted to read. And he taught about the ones that he felt he liked. And he, he picked and chose what he wanted to believe in scripture. And the words that Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It absolutely did something to him as he laid in prison and was serving time for his crimes. And it changed the way he looked at Scripture. It changed the way he looked at the Bible. And I love that Jesus responds that way, that literally we don't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. And so there's a difference between reading God's word, which is good, keep doing it, okay? But there also comes a time where we study God's word, right? And so I put some books up here tonight, and I'll open up a couple of them throughout um, as we go through this. But uh, studying the Word is a whole different thing. You see, reading God's Word is simply reading the Bible, and there's a place for this. But studying God's Word is when you purposely go into the deeper meaning of the text, identifying the main ideas and the portions, grappling with the tensions, and applying, this is the most important part, applying how the scripture is lived out in our lives. And so what does studying the Bible mean? Why does studying the Bible matter? Well, in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says this. He says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. 
He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Those are strong words. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so Peter, again, is talking about how we can use the scripture, but also how we can misuse the scripture and distort it for our own gain. And so why do we study the scripture? Well, number one, because there are some things that are difficult to understand. How many of you have ever come to that before when you read the Bible, right? You read something and you say to yourself, I'm going to have to go over that again, right? I'm going to have to study that. I'm going to have to go a little deeper into this and because I want to know what it means. And I want to understand it. And I want God to give me direction. And so there are just some things that are difficult to understand. And so study is so valuable because if we just simply read over the text and leave those things alone and don't go deeper into them, we're never going to allow ourselves to grow, are we? And so we need to study. We need to go deeper into it. Number two, another th reason why we study is to make sure you are not twisting Scripture and improperly using it, as was talked about in that passage in Second Peter. You see, each of us is accountable to God and responsible for our relationship with Him. And we don't just accept all these interpretations that we hear all the time. Sometimes we do. But we need to go back to the Word and study it and look into it for ourselves. You see, in the book of Acts, I don't have this on the PowerPoint, but the book of Acts talks about this group of Christians called the Bereans, right? And how they kept going back to the Word after the Apostle Paul preached. They went back to it to see if that is what the Word of God said, to see if what Paul was saying was true. And they were commended for it. I believe the reference is Acts 17.11 for that. But, you know, we need to make sure that we're not twisting Scripture and that we never improperly use it, especially for our own gain. And so I've asked this before. I asked this question to you. Read what you believe or believe what you read, right? When we approach the text, when we approach Scripture, are we literally reading what we believe, so taking our ideas there, making them first, giving them first place, and just simply reading our own beliefs? Or are we opening ourselves up to God? Are we opening ourselves up to the leading of the Holy Spirit and literally believing what it is that we're reading. You see the difference? You see, one of them, you bring yourself to the table. The other one, you allow God and the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct you into all truth. And Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to lead you into all understanding, right? In John chapter 16. And so read what you believe or believe what you read. We need to be very, very careful that we don't bring all of our own preferences and opinions to the text, but that we go to the text with an open heart and allowing God to speak to us fresh when we go to the Word. Amen? And I find myself doing this sometimes. I've gone to a text and read it and thought to myself, okay, yeah, I get what that means. And I've almost, it's almost like I felt like the Lord saying to me, read it again. <laughs> read it over again. I got something new for you today. I want you to see something fresh here. I want you to see something again. And anyone who's been through the text, anyone who's read the Bible over and over, you've probably had that moment, right? 
where you've gone through and you, you said to yourself, I've read this 20 times. This is the first time I'm seeing this. This is the first time that God is showing me this. And so when we go to the text, this is our third point. It helps us grow in grace and knowledge. It helps us grow in grace and knowledge. It makes us more like him. We learn more about him. We learn more about his purposes. We learn more about his ways. And it helps us to grow in him. And so why do we study the Bible? Well, those are a few reasons why we do it. When do you study the Bible? Well, that's a question, I think, for a lot of us that we have to become a little bit purposeful about, right? <laughs> Let's face it. It can be difficult sometimes to make time with life because we all have responsibilities. Everyone gets busy at times, right? In a previous workplace, I was never allowed to answer a question by saying I'm busy because they felt it was insulting to say that because everyone's busy, right? We're all busy. We all have a lot happening. And so with the busyness and responsibilities that life brings, we need, if we're going to be serious about studying the Bible, then we're going to have to purposely make time for it and, and, and carve some time out. And I, I recommend at least half hour, right? Maybe longer, but just purposeful time to look into the Word and study the Word. And so I love the Word of God. My hope and goal for this talk tonight is that you leave here loving it even more and just desiring to be in it even more and just to know it more and to allow it to, to speak to you and to guide you and just to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Amen? That's what I want the Word to do for each and every one of us. And so tonight we're going to look at some practical Bible study methods. And this is what I meant by not traditional. We don't do this often in church. But here are some Bible study methods. The first one on the left is soap. Everyone say soap. Okay. We got paragraph research. I won't make you say them all. Soap just sounded cool, right? Um, topical Bible study, study of a book of the Bible, and biographical. These are five different ways in which we can study the text. Are these the only ways we can study the text? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are so many other ways in which Bible study can take form. I just thought I would throw a few out there. As Pastor John and I were chatting this past week, and uh, just thought I would throw a few out there just for our consideration. And I'm going to start with this, the Bible study method of SOAP. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because you can go to our website, theneighborhoodchurch.org, and you can see under resources, we have a section that says SOAP Bible study. And I'm sure many of you have seen this before. Many of you have heard of it. Many of you have used it. Some of you have never heard about this before. And we, we, we maybe haven't talked about it as much as we should. And so tonight we're going to talk about it for a couple minutes. But we, Elder Don, who's here tonight, provides this study for us every single week. It's an everyday study. And it highlights a portion of scripture that we can read through that goes along with the themes of the weekend messages that we teach and preach here at the Neighborhood Church. And so we call this Method SOAP. And so I'll go through the acronym with you, okay? It's an acronym. S stands for Scripture, okay? So the first part of SOAP is to look at the Scripture and to read it and maybe write it out in a journal. Uh, anyone ever just, like, you, you go to the Scriptures and you start writing it out? Have you ever done that before? It's interesting when you do that. You begin to see it in a new way. You begin to go through it in a new way. But read it over a few times and focus on it. Number two, secondly, O stands for observation, okay? It stands for observation. You start to write down observations that you have about the scriptures, whether that's key words or phrases that stand out or 
or, or things that repeat. You know, you want to write down what is the text saying? What is the overall point here? What is happening here? And observe and write down the things that you see and maybe write down the questions you have and, and, and just engage with the text in a way that you just observe it and you begin to see what it is it that it's saying. After you've done read the scripture, after you've taken some time for observation, we move on to A, which stands for application, right? And so how can you apply what you have observed in the scriptures to how you live your life? That's literally what you're looking for. You're wanting to apply this. You're wanting to figure out how does this become practical for me today in my day-to-day, right? Wherever I'm going, how does this become practical? How can I live this out? How can I put this into practice? Um, In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount, and he'd given a lot of teaching about the ways of God, and he ends the whole thing in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. I'll just... uh, Get it up on the screen. Thank you so much. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he commends the person who hears his words but doesn't just hear them. Look, Look at that line after it. But puts them into practice. Puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he talks about the opposite of not building our house on the rock. He talks about the things of life that come against the house, right? And if you're built on the foundation of God's word, you're on the rock. If you're not built on that foundation, you're on sand. And when the storms and different things come, right, sand crumbles very quickly, but the foundation of God's word always stands. And so it's so important that we don't just read the scriptures just for the sake of reading them, but so that we can figure out how God would want us to apply them, how it becomes practical, how we live them out in our day-to-day life. And finally, P in SOAP stands for, anyone? Prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stands for prayer. And so one of the ways we want you to end this study when you use the SOAP method is to spend some time praying about the scripture that you just read. And ask God for his help. And even pray even scary prayers. Like, God, give me opportunities to live this out, right? Give me opportunities in which I can live this out and uh, be a blessing to you, and worship you, and honor you, but also be a blessing to those around me, right? In some cases, you might even be able to pray the scripture itself over your own life, or over the lives of those around you. Sometimes the scripture just lends to that. It's so natural that you just start to pray the scriptures. Anyone pray the scriptures, right? I, I love to pray the scriptures. I, you know, it, to me, there's such a comfort in it, because I'm not just praying what I'm thinking, but I'm praying the word of God when I'm praying the scriptures, And so I just encourage you just to do that. Let's look at a quick example from the SOAP model here, of the things we can look at from Matthew chapter 6. Now, I purposely didn't put the verse on the screen. So if you have a Bible, you can go to Matthew 6. If you have a phone, you can open up Bible Gateway, a really good app where it gives you all sorts of um, interpretation, sorry, uh, versions of the scripture. And uh, Matthew chapter 6 says... And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by everyone. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. 
And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, look, just there's repetition going on here. I keep saying that, right? And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay? And so if you were using the SOAP model of Bible study, you would read that scripture over a couple times. You might even want to switch translations. Uh, we just read out of the NIV, the New International Version. You might want to check it out in the New Living Translation or the ESV or the King James Version. There's all sorts of different translations that you could check this out. But you would spend some time just reading the scriptures and just listening to it. Secondly, you would start to observe something. I keep seeing this phrase come up, when you pray, right? And so obviously Jesus is trying to teach us about something that we should implement when we pray. It's, it's clear that the text is about praying, but it's also clear that the text is telling us that there is a right way to pray and there is a wrong way to pray. <laughs> there's a right way to behave when you pray and there's a wrong way. And so let's start by saying how not to pray. Well, it's right at the beginning in verse five. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing to be seen by others, right? Don't do that. They want to be seen by other people. They want people to take a look and see, you know, just how spiritual they're being and how much they pray. And Jesus says, don't worry about that when you pray. Don't pray that way. Don't get caught up in empty phrases, he says, as the Gentiles do. Don't go on babbling, is how the scripture says it here in the NIV. Don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because there are many words. Don't be like them because your father already knows what you need, right? And so don't get caught up in, in trying to make everything sound perfect or sound a certain way. When you pray, don't do these things. But how do you pray? Well, Jesus says to them, well, when you pray, go into your room, right? Go somewhere that's private, that's secret, right? Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, right? And how can we pray? Well, we can pray starting at verse 9. Jesus gives us the exact way to do it. This then is how you should pray. And we could pray the Lord's Prayer. And you can pray that over. And you could look at each line. And you could observe what is it that each line is saying. And we talked about this not too long ago in a series back last fall. But we can continue to allow the Lord's Prayer not only to be something we pray, but to instruct us and build us up about God and His ways, right? He's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be his name, right? His kingdom come. His will be done, right? As on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us today our daily bread. This is where we start asking for, for, for our needs, right? Forgive us our debts, as we've also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, we, we can literally pray in that particular portion, that scripture out. We, we look at the scripture, we observe it, we can apply it in many ways. How do we apply it? Well, when we pray, we remember that prayer is between us and God, right? It's not to impress people. It's not to impress anyone else, but it's to literally commune with your heavenly Father and spend time with him. And we go through that, 
and we begin to see different ways in which in our life this becomes applicable. Are you with me here? And so that's SOAP. That's one of the ways that we can pray. That's one of the Bible um, study methods that we have. Um, going to look at one more in depth first. Before I do that, can you, uh, Camila, I'm, I'm throwing you off here, but can you put that slide that has all those uh, five uh, ways of studying on there? Thank you so much. And so you got SOAP, you got paragraph research, which we're going to look at in a moment, but we also have topical Bible study. Now, how many of you guys like this? Anyone, right? You just want to know something about a certain topic, and you want to go and say, what does Scripture say about love? Or what does Scripture say about forgiveness? Or what does Scripture say about greed? Or whatever the case may be, this is what we call a topical Bible study. And I would highly recommend that you get a concordance, okay? This is called uh, the Strongest Strong's Concordance. It's an exhaustive concordance of the Bible. And if you were to look up the word Lord in here, you would have pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of references of scriptures about where that word is mentioned in the text. And so if you want to find out about love, you look in here, and it'll literally show you every verse in scripture that talks about love. You want to look, about, look up something about forgiveness, you look in here, it'll show you every single portion where you could find that word in the scripture. And when we study topically, we select a topic, we look it up in a concordance, and then we can choose maybe 10 to 20 verses on the subject, and then you, you read them, and you write down what you observe, and you make conclusions how you can apply this stuff to your life based on an exhaustive look at what that topic is talked about in Scripture. So that's one way we do it. Um, books of the Bible. Anyone like me, you, you like to study just a book of the Bible, and you like to go through it one at a time, Right? That's another way we can study scripture. Each day, you could read through a passage or you could read through a chapter in a certain book. One thing I highly recommend is a study Bible. And I still have this NIV study Bible. It's on my desk. It's the one that I always use. Some of you are like, that is like screaming 80s. And you're right. That's literally probably when it was probably produced, right? But I love this Bible because I'll read through a portion and at the bottom are little notes based on each of the scriptures, right? And it shows me different interpretations or different words or different places in the Bible I can go to to learn about the same thing. And so when you study a book of the Bible, you pick a book, but then as you go through each chapter, start writing down what is it that God is saying in this chapter. And start looking to see if you can identify themes throughout the book, because you'll notice that there are certain themes going on, right? And then take a few minutes to identify the truths and principles in the chapter that you can then apply to your life. And then write down how you can act on them. And as you work through the Bible, begin to create an outline, begin to write things down. The reason why I love the study of Bible is because before every book, it tells you about where this was written, the area, what was going on. It tells you about the context. tells you about everything that was happening. And so it's easier to understand, I think, what is happening in the text. So studying a book of the Bible is also another way to do it. Biographical. This is where you literally choose someone from Scripture, like a character, and you start, and you look through it. And so, let's just say we selected Jonah. We want to find out what was Jonah like in Scripture. Well, we would go to the book of Jonah. <laughs> and we would start reading it, right? Verse by verse, and chapter by chapter. And we'd read passages, and we'd create a timeline of different events that happened in Jonah's story. We'd note the background. We'd note what were the key events happening during that time. What were the relationships? What were the challenges that were being faced? 
we would identify Jonah's strengths and weaknesses. And a lot of us are already thinking, well, his weaknesses in that book, unfortunately, are more evident than his strengths, right? But we would identify these things and try to imagine what it would have been like to be in his shoes in this story. What biblical truths do you discover while researching Jonah's life? What did God say to him? And that's the most important thing. What did God make clear to him? And then again, we could wrestle with how does this apply to our lives today? I told you today was just going to be a little bit different in this chat. The last form of, of research I want to talk about is what, what is called paragraph research. And I, Pastor John mentioned to me that this is actual personal preference when he studies the Bible. And I think I like it too. I like it for two reasons. One, because it's not overwhelming, right? Often you're taking a portion and you're reading it. You're meditating on it. You're, you're sitting there with it. You're thinking deeper upon it, right? You're allowing it just to speak to you. The second reason why paragraph research is good, too, is because of something my New Testament professor used to always say to me in college, and that's just this. A text without a context is a pretext, okay? A text without a context is a pretext. So you need to know the context. You need to know what's happening in the story. We don't just pull random texts out here and there and divorce them from what was happening in the book. What was happening there? Why is this being said? Why is this being talked about in this particular place, right? I'll give you a quick example. If you're reading in the book of Galatians, you would know that there were Judaizers who were trying to get people to live according to the law. And so a lot of what Paul's writing about there is he's writing against that and saying, you guys are free in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. No longer become burdened, no longer carry that burden. Christ has freed you, right? So context is, is important to know. And so if you have your Bible, look up Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 to 9. I was nice and put this one up here. But let's just do a quick paragraph research of this, and then we're going to come to an end here tonight. But it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so this portion I'm reading right now is from the NIV, the New International Version. It's interesting. If you were reading this from the ESV, the English Standard Version, you'll keep seeing this word. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk, when you would lay down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And you see repetition there. You see that what is happening here is each part of this is calling for action. It's calling to do something. It's calling to make God's commands holy. Amen? To follow them, to treasure them, to love them, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the text says to impress them upon your children. Teach them your children. Talk about them. Often, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, talk about these things. Talk about the ways of God. Talk about God's commands. 
Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. There's a lot you could find if you want to look into that and research that and how that was lived out practically. Especially this, write them on the door, frame, door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, these were things that were posted on yards in the time it was written, right? This is how important this was. This is how foundational this was. And last week, if you were here, you remember that we talked about right thinking. And some of you are thinking the first part of that verse sounds familiar. Anyone ever heard that before? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Anyone? The reason why that might sound familiar in the next slide is that you'll see that Jesus actually quoted this in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. When he was asked the question about what was the greatest commandment that you can observe, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And in some translations in the footnote it says all your strength, right? And he's quoting from this. And so when we do paragraph research, here's some tips. In a moment, I'm going to do the draw, and we're going to give away some steak to someone, okay? But just a few things to take with you as you go, as you do paragraph research. Number one, build a rhythm. Set aside a regular time to study and to study scripture. Set aside a time to do it, right? Make time. Um, oftentimes, if we just say, I'll get to it, you know what happens when I say that? I never get to it. Anyone? Just me or what? Right? So you're laughing at me, right? My wife's laughing at me, right? <laughs> she knows how true this is, right? Make time. Set aside a regular time. Say to yourself, I'm going to devote an hour to the Word of God. I might even look at a concordance. I might pull out a dictionary, maybe vines, and read, check out some Greek terms. Maybe I'll look at a commentary or something, but I'm going to make time for it. Secondly, and I think this is so important when we go to the Bible, pray. Just spend some time praying. Ask God to lead you into truth. Ask the Holy Spirit just to guide you into the truth that he has for you in this moment. And then thirdly, read the portion over two or three times. Read it in your favorite version to start. Maybe you might want to check out multiple uh, translations just so you can see how things are maybe worded a little differently. But read it over two to three times. Identify key words and repeating phrases. Identify those key words, like that one verse in Deuteronomy 6 in the ESV, you keep seeing this word shall, you shall, you shall, you shall. Obviously, it's trying to get across a point to us. So identify that stuff. Number five, I already said this, but read it in multiple versions, right? Check out a version that maybe you don't read often. Maybe you say, you know, I never read the NIV. Well, check it out for this one. Just give it a read. Check out the King James Version. Check out the ESV. Check out a different version. Number four, meditate on, sorry, number six here, meditate on the portion and find the big idea or the main points. So just pick out what the main thing being said there. What is the point? What are the big things here? In, in Deuteronomy 6, the big things would be that you're to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And this is how you do it, right? You talk about them. You write them down. You bind them here. You share them. You impress them upon your children. And this is just good teaching for all of us, no matter where we find ourselves in life. Number, the next point is just to consider using commentaries or study Bibles or dictionaries or something like that. Um, these NIV application commentaries are the ones that we used in college. And what you'll find in here is if you want to look up a verse of scripture, it'll talk about what the original meaning of the text is. It'll bridge contexts and show you where else you might come up with this idea in the text. But then it'll also give you a contemporary significance of how you can apply the text. And so I've enjoyed these commentaries. You might have a different set or something that you like better. 
but commentaries, concordances can help you find out things about different topics. If you want to know more about Greek words, the Vines Complete Expository Dictionary is a great tool that I have in my office. But consider using some of those things as you study the text. And then ask God how you can apply the scripture to your life and to your current situation. The part that I fear sometimes, and I know I've run the risk of this myself, is that you study, 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 study so hard, and you learn a lot, but you forget that the whole point of it is to apply it, right? Is to live it, is to be more like him, is to walk more like him, is to love him and love others, right? And the idea is always to make what you take from the text practical. And so ask God, how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to the circumstances I find myself in? And finally, end with prayer. <laughs> in some cases, pray the scripture. In some, in some cases, just begin to pray what it is that the main idea was. Maybe you're asking God in this case, God, help me love you with all my heart. With all my heart, God. Not just part of it, not just the parts I want to give, but all of it. All my soul, all my mind, all my strength, right? Help me to be someone who talks about them. Help me to impress them upon my children. Help me to, put, to, to pass these teachings down. Help me to, you know, just as, as, as I go, be known for this, right? These are the kind of questions that we can pray. These are the kind of things that we can observe. And as we do this, I believe we become better students of the word. Amen? Amen? So I encourage you, no matter how you do it, maybe it wasn't one of the ways I described tonight, and you've got a great way to study scripture, please keep studying it. Please keep going to it. Open it again afresh. Begin to look for its truth, because I believe with all my heart that every time we open up the pages of the scripture that God wants to speak to us. Amen? He wants to guide us. He wants to make us more like him. So let me pray for us tonight. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the gift that we have of your word. I pray, God, that you would just grow our love for it, grow our desire for it, Lord. Help us to always make time for it, Father. Help us to learn from it. Help us to observe it. Help us to properly apply it, Lord, so that we can be more like you in this world. And not that we would get glory, Lord, but that you would get all the glory, God, and that you would be lifted up and that many would come to know you and understand you and see you. And so, God, I just pray that as we go this week, that we would make time for your word, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would guide us into all truth. And thank you, Lord, for all the helps you've given us here, Lord God, that we can get to know you better. We just love you. In Jesus' name, bless each one here tonight. Amen.